Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Don't a mic. This is God Nostalgia. Don't a mic. Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Welcome to Growth Nostalgia, a podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Season two is on and popping. If you're listening to this, it's too late. Just kidding. If you're um, listening to this, it means that you know that today on this episode, episode 2.2, my husband, Amped, will be, he will be returning um, and y'all will get an inside look at where his life has been since the last time he was on. And we just had such an amazing interview with him um, and with my co-host, my guest co-host, Erica, Erica Moe. That's right. Erica's back on this episode. If you didn't know, now you know. Um, We just had such an awesome time and I just felt like cutting his episode into just one episode would be a disservice because he was really out here dropping some gems. So um, on this episode, I'm going to check in. I'm going to let y'all know what's been going on with me. You'll have an opportunity to listen to half of Anthony's interview. And then next week, I'm going to drop another episode. Next Wednesday, we'll drop another episode of Growth Nostalgia Part 2 of this um, interview. And you'll get to hear the rest of his interview along with listener questions and our um, current events uh, talk that talk final segment. Um, There's just so many gems that Amph dropped on this. And you're just... I was impressed. Like I married the guy. Um, You're going to be impressed. So I'm excited to hear that. And your guys are going to be able to hear the dynamic of Amph and Erica. And that's also going to be a treat. So with all of that being said, let's jump into our first segment. So what's good? So what's been going on with moi? Uh, Well, I'm a married woman now. We talked a lot about that in the previous episode, Growing Into Marriage with Amph, my co-host. Um, and yeah, uh, if you missed it, go back, listen to it because you get to hear about how we had a full on COVID wedding masks and all, and just the craziness that we, uh, had to live through the last year, which I know everybody else's life was crazy. This is just my story. So if you want to go back and listen to that, it's wild, but yeah, I'm a married woman and I love it to be honest with you. It's just some next level, you know, and I just feel like it's just different and, you know, people get cold feet and I'm not going to lie. I didn't get cold feet, but I was like, of course I had questions like everybody else does. Like, oh my gosh, how is this going to change our relationship? Is it going to change it in a good way? Am I ready to be married? And honestly, like, yes, yes, yes. Like everything is just like good. Like I was ready. Like everything, God's timing is perfect. I feel awesome. I feel secure in our relationship. I know he feels the same way. I mean, I can't speak for him, but I know that we've had conversations where we're like, yeah, it's like next level. And it just feels good to feel like this is it. Like it's just different. And it's funny because, you know, the thing, the issues that people have in their relationships, um, like the four fights you always have, because I feel like every couple has the same four fights, um, like getting into those type of like situations, we're able to resolve it. Um, a little bit faster and and easier than we may be used to because it's like this is forever, babe. Like this is me and you, 
this is us forever. So might as well figure it out and also just like have a good time. So like, let's figure it out, get to a resolution and then just go back to enjoying our company. And I think I'm just like, I'm just super blessed because I truly married my best friend and that's like number one, the best decision I've ever made. So I love you, boo. (laughs) Um, what else has been going on with me? I'm still in therapy. I've been in therapy for like, I think, I think I started it like a few months after I started the podcast. So it's almost been two years that I've been in therapy and honestly, it's so essential for my mental health and I could not imagine not being in therapy, especially through COVID. I know um, a lot of people um, want to kind of go into therapy, but they just haven't done it. I encourage you um, and to be honest with you, getting into it and finding the right therapist, but like all the paperwork and all the, the hoops that you have to jump, jump through, that's the hardest part. Um, but if you really want to do it, I encourage you to do it. Talk to your friends, talk to your doctor, talk to your insurance and and do it. It's like hands down one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, I, um, currently, you know, with therapy, I've been working out some issues with my career and my and my goals and what I want in my life. And y'all know my journey with trying to find a new job, trying to find a new career, trying to find something that I'm more passionate about because currently I'm just not feeling that. And I'm still on the same boat. COVID has made it harder to find employment. I know a lot of people can relate. I'm blessed because I have a job and I will get to work from the safety of my home. So don't get it twisted. I feel super duper blessed regardless of everything. Um, but yeah, in, in, in therapy, I've just kind of been focusing on um, what do I want to do and kind of like, why do I do certain things right now in my dynamic at work? Why do I shut down sometimes and why do I not feel as confident sometimes in certain dynamics at work? Um, what's really going on in there. And it's like interesting to understand and realize that a lot of these behaviors and how I feel in groups has to do with like my childhood and how I felt as a child and um, just feeling a little bit out of place and um, just little things that happen, but they're, they, they're not a big deal now. Like if these things would have happened to me now, they wouldn't be a big deal. But when they happen to you at a young age, certain things like they stay with you and they like leave a little bit of a scar. So I'm just working out some of those issues and realizing that, dang, like this, those types of things have contributed to the way that I am as an employee and dynamics and not being able or not using my gifts effectively. Um, I have this, so I'm going to just be honest. I have this thing where I'm a pretty confident person, but when I get into a dynamic, when I'm in a big meeting or like semi big meeting with other people I work with, I tend to be quiet and timid and I tend to shut down sometimes and not really want to speak up and give ideas or or I don't necessarily feel like confident in the ideas or the stuff that I come up with sometimes. Um, and so I'm working that out, but I'm realizing that a lot of it is just because I, I shut myself down and I'm not giving myself that opportunity because when I am present, I'm finding that I'm coming up with a lot more ideas. I'm doing better. I'm feeling more confident and it's, it's just a trip. It's just a trip to understand those things. Um, and it's awesome. And I'm also realizing like I was really frustrated with my career and trying to figure out what was next and what was I going to do next. And especially right after our wedding, it was like back to work and back to focusing on that. There was nothing else that I really had to like worry about. So I really focused in on work and I felt super stressed out. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like I should know everything by now. I should have it figured out by now. But with talking about it in therapy, 
we, me and my therapist figured out, or he helped me realize that, um, I don't want just a career like, or just a job or just to make money. Like I want to do something that I love every day. I want to be passionate. I want to use my gifts. Like I know God gave me gifts, certain gifts for a reason. Everybody has a different set of tools and I have these tools and I want to use them and I want to feel good and I want to connect with people and I want to empower people and I want to just all these things. And it's, you know, other people have different motivations and those are my motivations and what my goals are. And I think like my therapist, he, he basically made me realize like, he's like, you don't want just like a job or a career. He's like, you want like to do something like, it's like a, you want to fall in love with, with the job, with your career. You want to fall in love with what you're going to do, how you're going to make money. And that's a hundred percent correct. And he was like, you know, that's not something that is going to come overnight. That's something that is going to come like as time goes on, because this is a big thing. Like it's not just a little thing. You don't want to go into a new job and just like dislike it in, in a few years and want to jump to the next job, which I've done a lot, obviously in the past, which has happened to me. And he's completely right. So I think because I've understood, I'm understanding that this is a big deal and finding what I want to do is bigger than just getting a paycheck. I'm being more patient with the process and I'm just um I'm just trying to sharpen my sharpen my skills. I'm just trying to be better and I'm trying to sharpen what I have right now. So I feel good right now to be honest with you whereas a few weeks ago I didn't feel good. Um another thing that happened, I didn't even write this down, but we lost our family dog Soma. Um he he ran out they're like building some some stuff in my my parents backyard and Soma's a husky and he's he gets kind of nervous because when he gets tied up and he knows how to escape and typically my brother is out with him like he'll like literally babysit our dog all day my brother's on unemployment right now because he's a substitute teacher but he'll literally be with the dog all day if somebody is out there and he like left went inside for like 30 minutes for something and this fool got out so he ran out huskies I guess I didn't even know this but I guess huskies are known for like running away because they're just like they're adventurous they're like they want to see everything and they're that's just their nature and so he ran out and we had been looking for him somebody actually found him within the first few hours and I didn't even know about this app called next door and I and I downloaded it and somebody had posted him on there. Um, and we were like 45 minutes too late. This guy let him go, which I don't understand why somebody would like get a dog and then let him go. Like, I just don't get it. But yeah, we never found our dog. Um, I appreciate everybody who posted him. I love you guys for that. That's awesome. And I still check my emails. I still check those apps. I still check Facebook and everything. And we just haven't found him. And honestly, I just could not even sleep the first um week or two that he he had gotten lost I was just stressed and I was just bummed and I'm just like praying that he is with somebody with a family and he's safe like that's all I can pray for because Soma we've had him since he was a puppy he was our old dog Buck his Buck was Soma's dad so we mated Buck and we kept Soma from the um, litter and I don't know it's just like he was our last dog because a bug passed away a few years ago and it's just it just bums me out but like I said can't control everything just trust God and pray that he's with the with a family and he's okay um and that's it but it sucks um I'm not I haven't been 100 with my fitness game but I haven't been stressing out about it either um like I had in the past I still actually go on runs here and there 
I, there's like a park next to my apartment, my new apartment. And we just, me and Anthony will go on jogs. Um, sometimes he's way more consistent than I am about running. I'll be like, I'm on my period. I don't want to like, (laughs) it's just like, I always will find an excuse, but I'm trying to be like more patient and kind with myself. And so I'm just like, it, you know, I, I, I still want to do it. I'm just trying to work towards it and not get all pissed off at myself if I don't do it. However, I have come up with the goal that I want to meet by the end of the year. And my goal is, which I feel like is very doable, my fitness goal for the year by to have do the, to do this by the end of the year so that I can carry this on to, to my future is to run a mile every single day of the week. So that's seven miles per per week, which is like essentially 30 miles per month, which I think like that's awesome, right? And way doable. Like one a day is like, I could do that. You know, even if I had to, if I have to walk one day, but I knowing my ass, I probably wouldn't, I would just run. I just feel like that's doable. And then even if I don't do a mile a day, if I could just get to the seven miles per week, like if I had to do two miles per day, because I wasn't able to run on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever. Like, that's cool too. So that's my new fit, fitness goal. I'm excited. I feel like it's totally doable and I'm going to work towards it. Another thing that's been going on is, I mean, I've been sharing with y'all. I've been exploring my faith and honestly, it just feels good. It just feels good. I never realized how spiritual I ha- I've been and how strongly I feel God. And it's just awesome. Like, I love it and I love like not pushing faith on people, but just sharing people how I feel about my faith. It's for me. And, but also it depends on the church or the people you surround yourself with. And I think that's why people get really turned off with religion or with church. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily feel religious. I just feel like God is cool, man. Like God's got my back and I, and I'm good. And I, it's, he's helped me get through a lot of things. And I'm just like, I want other people to feel like they have some support besides just themselves. Cause I know when I feel like it's just me who's going through something and there's nobody to help me, it just feels a lot harder than when I think about God being there and helping me through something and God being in, you know, working in the background for the bigger picture that gives me like peace. And I personally just feel better because of my faith and um, it just feels good. And honestly, I just feel really content right now. And I feel I, I've, I've been finding just moments of, of joy where I just feel just pure joy. And I'm like, man, this is the life. I'm so blessed. And it feels good to feel like that. Um, it really does. And honestly, the best, the best thing in the mornings, working from home, answering emails, drinking my coffee with the view in the background on my couch in the morning. Like that's just my like ultimate favorite thing. And it's so dumb and simple, but I enjoy it. My uh, my other favorite thing to do, everything's on the couch. If you don't, (laughs) if you're listening to this, everything that I love to do is on the couch (laughs) because I just love our couch and I just feel so comfortable. And I'm just like so grateful for our home, for our new apartment that I'm just like, but our, my other favorite thing to do is like watch some of our favorite shows, me and Ab's favorite shows, like 911, like watching 911 or whatever show, um, and eating ice cream, (laughs) eating a cup of ice cream. Uh, me and Anthony, we always do this thing where it's like eight, eight thirty, and we're like, Ugh, I want a snack. I'm like, oh, me too. Let's go get some ice cream. We've been buying ice cream now from the grocery store, which I typically never keep that stuff in the house, but <sighs> Bell 
balance. If you run a lap, if you run a mile, you can have a little bit of ice cream, right? Whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, I just feel good. I just feel more content, more happy, more peace, more present. Um, and it's up and down sometimes though. Cause like a month ago I was freaking out about the dog. Uh, before that I was freaking out about work. And so it's just an up and down thing, but I think I just try to remember just to be present and just be grateful for what we have. And I, cause I feel really, really, really grateful. And also I think through my faith and through just feeling like this, just have learned to be less judgmental. Um, I find myself being less judgmental and I mean, I'm still human. I still am a judgmental person because I'm not a saint. I'm like, I'm a human being, but I do find myself being less judgmental than I used to be and kind of like being more understanding of people. I do get annoyed by a lot of things though. I'm not going to lie. I am a person who gets annoyed by a lot of things. So that's my one thing. I'm like, this is annoying, but I'm able to bounce back a little bit faster than I used to. But anyway, so that's what's going on with me. Um, I hope y'all like the transparency and the honesty. Uh, I shared more about therapy than I thought I was, but that's cool. Like, I hope it helps somebody out there. Now, let's jump into our interview with Amph and uh, my guest co-host, Erica Mo. Damn. 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 So joining us today, this episode is uh, Growth with Amph Garcia, and Amph is here. Yep. What up? Thanks for uh, returning on my episode. Thanks for having me in your apartment. Our apartment. <laughs> um, and also with us... Today, my co-host is Erica Mo. What's good? Thanks for having me. Tell the people what they want, girl. I can't wait for um, y'all to just hear the dynamic that Amph and um, Erica have. That's why I invited her today. So yeah, so this episode's a bit different because I have Amph here back with just an update with what's been going on the past two years because I know some people have heard his episode and maybe don't know really know what's been going on with him. And then we have Erica, who is not only my friend, but a really good friend of my husband. And um, she's joining us today to have that dynamic and also because she's seen Amph grow through a lot too. So it's just really awesome to hear his her perspective in his life as well. So Thank y'all both for being here. Um, let's jump in. So before we get into kind of like an update about what's been going on the past two years, Af, um, in your own words, can you please give us a little summary of what your first episode was about? Yeah, my first episode was just about growing up in the IE, dealing with a lot of anxiety during high school, mm-hmm. um, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life after high school, after dropping out of high school, mm-hmm. um, an apartment that I lived in downtown LA with my homies, um, Daniel Espinoza, Justin and Chris that, uh, they went to fit them, um, three fourteen, mm. Um, and then just going from quiet life to rip and dip where I'm at now. It's kind of like just the last 15 years of like my life we talked about on the first episode. So yeah, it's just a little recap. That's a good summary. I like that. Thank you. And if you guys haven't um, listened to Amp's episode, he's like my first guest ever on and his story is awesome. So go back and listen to that and then come back and listen to this update so you guys can get invested and know uh, his story and, and understand his struggles, but also his growth and his progress. And so thank you for giving us that recap. So before we get into what's been going on the last two years, um, Anthony and I recently got married 
And we were on our honeymoon um, a few weeks ago, and we had this conversation that I found really, really interesting. Um, we started talking about his destiny and what he thought he was going to do um, when he grew up, when he was a kid. And something about a, tra- a tradition in your family that you had um, that you really thought that your life was going to go one way, and it, and it kind of went in a different way. It went totally a different way. Can you talk a little bit about um, what that was? Um, a family thing in my life was that my dad's side, the Garcias, mm-hmm. um, every single one of them leading up to me all went to the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the one that didn't go. Yeah. Like the only guy that didn't go. Like my brother went, my dad went, my grandpa, my great grandpa, mm-hmm. probably my great, great grandpa. I don't know. It was just like my uncles. I don't know too much at all of my dad's family. Yeah. Like I don't know any of them, but all of them that I've heard of and just seen, obviously have a relationship with my dad and my brother and they were in the military. Um, it was just something that I thought like you're just grown into. Um, yeah. That's just a thing that you do. It's like the norm. And I think like just being a little kid, you know, where they ask you like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Um, that's just like such a like a normal question you get asked like in probably like kindergarten, first grade. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I want to go to the army. Yeah. You know, my brother... Um, went to the army and he was in Germany, um, living there and going to the army. And that was probably like around 97, 98. So Mm -hmm. around that time, I'm like seven or eight years old. So like Mm -hmm. I am in that second grade class getting asked that question. And that was my response. That was my answer because like my brother was like my hero. I think just looking up to him, I was like, of course, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I want to follow in his footsteps. Um, I think really quick, what's important to add is that you and your brother kind of have a big age gap. And I think that because you guys have that big age gap and because he left to the military too, when you were young kid and you looked up to him, it's like, well, that's what my big brother's doing. Like he's kind of like a hero, some mm-hmm. like somebody that I look up to. So it kind of just even, cause it doesn't really like, even though that kind of sounds like a tradition, it sounds like it kind of was more like something that you aspire to do because your brother? Am Mm -hmm. I wrong? No, yeah, because it wasn't just like, oh, bye, and then he went to Germany where he was stationed at. Um, It was more like, you know, I would write to him. Mm. You know, I'd write him letters. Like, I think they had, like, like little army letters for children. And, like, it was, like, already, like, in an envelope, and it made you feel like an adult, like, writing a letter. Yeah. Um, And then, like, you put a little stamp on it, and then, obviously, your mom is going to put it in, like, a real envelope. (laughs) But it's kind of like this these things that they have for um, probably military children, um, but it was me and my brother. But I think it was just, like, having that relationship while he's in Germany and then me actually, like, sending letters and, like, checking the mail and, like, getting a letter Mm. from Germany. And I think, like... Him, obviously, um, always coming home from Germany. Um, This was pre-9-11, so you used to go into LAX. Like, you could walk into LAX, go up the escalator, and be on top, and you could watch planes come in. Yeah. And, like, at the terminal, when they... Like, in the movies, like, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah, like, you know, they come out of the terminal, and you're right there. Like, you don't have to wait outside or anything. So I think, like, just discovering, like, LAX and just seeing the travel and just seeing him... Um, and yeah, exactly. And having those like handwritten letters, you know, and he'll send pictures. So it wasn't like 
any type of disconnect and it's like oh he's out there doing that yeah like i wonder what he's doing like i knew what he was doing i saw the pictures like he gave me a glimpse in that world so that even like pushed the envelope further Mm -hmm. because i'm really understanding what's going on it's not like oh like he's just somewhere and i'll see him you see him twice a year once a year i think it was only christmas or something you know they don't come home often at all so um, having that relationship and then just seeing, building that relationship with me and him at a young age, I think it was like, this is what I'm destined to do. This mm. is my dad did it. Um, obviously I wasn't born when my dad was in the military, but now that my older brother, a 10 years age gap is in the military. Um, it just felt right yeah. to think that that's what I wanted to do at seven, eight years old. Like if you asked me that, that's what I wanted to do. And I think it was even more pressure because everyone did it mm-hmm. every man like that oh you're a garcia you're a man like that's what you do you go to the military yeah like it was your duty almost talk like, about your fits or around that time <laughs> my what your fits what Were would you, you wear oh like just army pants and like <laughs> army jackets <laughs> you're, like blending in with the walls yeah i think my mom would like take me Maybe I would ask her. I don't really remember it was such a long time ago. But you know, you go to the Army Surplus store. <laughs> like, they have one in Silver Lake. And now yeah. it's, like, all, like, vintage and trendy. But, yeah, yeah like, get, like, Army jackets and Army pants and, like, watch, like, Army movies. Like, yeah. Rambo or whatever. Like, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Now, like, when you think about it as, like, an adult now, do you think that, like, you really wanted to do that? Or do you think that you were doing it or you were thinking that more so because it was, like, your duty? It felt like it was something that you needed to do to continue this, like, family line of just doing that. Yeah, I think that's it was just, like, following the family line of trying to um, live up to that. I don't think it was really something that I really wanted to do. Um, Yeah. Like I said, I don't really remember asking to go get the clothes. I don't really, like, it was more of, like, just looking at my brother and my dad and be like, oh, that's what they did. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, like, obsessed with it. You know, I didn't, like, camp in my backyard or, like, do anything <laughs> crazy. Like, act like, and then, like, at the, at, camo. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the other thing is, too, like, when kids are that age, like, they have, like, the, what is it called? Like ROTC? Yeah. Like I never wanted, like had an urge to do that. I, I think it was just like at this age, like this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And like, and the, the gap that I have until then, like I'll just have fun and just be a kid. Yeah. yeah. So what did you see that altered your life um, that made you not maybe go down that path? Well, it was obviously in 98 when I was in the third grade, just skateboarding, mm-hmm. seeing skateboarding. For the first time in person, that's how I got introduced to it. I think a lot of people now um, that get introduced to skateboarding is obviously going to probably be from the internet, yeah, like an app, a social media app, or YouTube. Um, one of those like media platforms are obviously going to like put it in your face um, virally. But I think it was cool to physically see it in person for the first time, and that's how I got introduced to skateboarding. Um, mm-hmm. I think I shared on my first or the last episode I was on with you is that I was at my parents worked all day so I wasn't allowed obviously to go home by myself after mm-hmm. school so I was at the after school program and obviously um my teacher my after school teacher he did skateboard um so I did kind of see it from his point of view of yeah. just like skating skating on flat ground but I think the um the thing that altered my life and the vision that I saw was just a group of kids um skating up to the fence 
and like throwing their boards over the fence mm-hmm. and climbing the fence and jumping over the fence and then skating and then like probably getting kicked out, you yeah. know, and then like leaving. And I was just like, that's the dopest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, it's like, how cool is that? Like throwing a skateboard over a fence and jumping over it and then like doing something you're not supposed to do mm. and then getting kicked out and like talking shit to them and then like leaving. Like I was like, that's so sick. Yeah. Um, that's what introduced me into skating. And then that like sparked you know, me to be more like to my after school teacher, like, oh, yeah. like, what is it? You yeah. know, like, I see you do it. But then like when I saw those kids do it, I was like, that's now that's like what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like broke down the walls of me, like asking more questions, getting more into it and like obviously taking over my life. Yeah. Being an eight year old kid. Um, that's all you want to do is skate. Yeah. And then I think that really changed the trajectory of my life because I no longer like had that aspiration to go to the army mm-hmm. it's like okay i didn't stop talking to my brother yeah <laughs> like, i didn't stop i didn't like not like my dad did you burn your camo jacket i know <laughs> now i was probably wearing it more because like chad muska and stuff or like it was kind of like skating swag too so like, i already had some fits but <laughs> it was just something that i was like oh like i don't think i want to do that when i'm like 17 18 like when mm. you're like were age like the age that you could go to the military yeah so i think like that was just like okay i don't want to do that anymore you know i'm not gonna i'm an eight-year-old kid i'm not gonna sit down with my parents and be like hey Hey, can we we have a talk i don't want to go to the army (laughs) it was never that because it was never that serious but it's just crazy to think like when you're a little kid and like you have something in your head and you're like i think that's what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. you know maybe if you're really smart you're probably like i'm gonna be a doctor like you know it's like i don't know it was just it's just a funny thing. What do you think that your life would have been like if you went into the <laughs> army? <laughs> that would be gnarly. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. <laughs> I know. I would probably would never met you. I know. I probably would have. Yeah. I don't know. Get stationed somewhere and probably like not come back to California. I thought it was really important and interesting to share that part of his story because I think that maybe there's people out there who um, have family members that everybody went into, um, maybe, you know, it could be the military or whatever, just whatever your family has been doing for years and years. And you feel obligated to go into the same type of, um, route going down the same route. Um, and just is, you know, you have to pave your own way. And maybe sometimes that is the answer and maybe sometimes it isn't, but I think it's just like really awesome to hear Anthony's story and to, um, hear how, you know, he felt that way and how, what he, where he is now. And, and his, I mean, how does your family feel about your choices now? How do they feel? I think good now. They were stressed out when I was like <laughs> broke and not, I, I dropped out of high school. Like I, they weren't hyped. They weren't yeah. hyped. Like they don't know what an internship is. Like yeah. they don't know what the clothing industry is. Like it was just a lot of like rough patches that we had to go through with like my growing pains because I obviously wasn't making money. So you have to live with your parents. <laughs> You know, so they see you like, what is an internship? Like you're getting not getting paid. Like, what is this clothing stuff? Like, just quit that out. You know, it's kind of like get a real job, like go down to do something normal that everybody else does. Yeah. Go to Target Warehouse and get a job. And I think that's something else we talked about in the first um, episode on Growth Nostalgia is that in the Inland Empire where we grew up, it's such a norm to go to a warehouse. Yeah. And work at a warehouse because minimum wage whatever it is when you're growing up if it was like it was probably like eight dollars when i was in high school but 
that's minimum wage, right? But then the warehouse is like fourteen bucks. Yeah. So, like, so you're like, you're gonna make so some good money. Yeah. There. So you're like, oh shit! Like I could go work at Uline or I could go work at Stairs. Target or Stater yeah. Brothers. So you get paid more than the norm, um, as like your other friends that are at the mall. So that is just like it's not. I don't want to say an easy cop out, but it's just like a. It easier it route makes sense. to go. Like it, it makes it, sense. It makes a, a lot and of don't sense. Don't get me wrong. Like hell yeah, bro. I did that. Like, we a lot of us did that. We work. I worked there. Like you worked there. Like multiple people that I know in my life have worked there. Still work there. And yeah. I'm not trying to knock that, but I'm just saying like that is the norm. Like driving out to LA, getting an internship, like working in clothing. Like you dropped out. Like nah. Like fuck that. Like if you're gonna live here and you're not making money, like you need to quit all that kid stuff and you and need figure to it out figure it here. out and okay. j- apply for this job like you know when your parents would like mm. i don't know if you guys are your your parents will bring you resumes mm. or like hey they're hiring over like they're on your head because yeah. you live under their roof now and I they get, get worried it. they get worried and they just want to figure it out quickly and they're just like here's a quick fix <laughs> and like maybe this will just fix the whole yeah. thing forever like maybe this is They'll, you'll you'll maybe you'll get this job and you'll stay there for years or whatever. Yeah. Not because they don't that they, they not that they think that that's the best you can do, but they're just so worried mm-hmm. that they just want you to hurry up and figure it out. Yeah. I get it now. Definitely. I know. Like when you're young, it's like annoying. You're like, get off my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't understand me. <laughs> and I, like you said, I don't think it's like um, like knocking on anyone who chooses that option no, and goes not that at route. All. But I think it's when you have this like thing in you saying like that's not what I want to do, and mm-hmm. like you just can't like go that way. Mm-hmm. And your family's just like giving you all this shit, and you're like, yo. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to bring me a Marinello pamphlet. She's <laughs> like, just go to beauty school, and I'm yep. like, I just like doing. Eyeshadow. I almost got a job there. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, like. I feel it. I feel it. Um, but that's I mean, funny. you went you went the other route. And that's just that's what some people do. No, yeah. that reminds me when I was working at Huff. Nico, shout out to Nico. He was like, dude, there's like this barber beauty school down the street <laughs> in LA, and he's like, bro, you pull up, you they'll give you a haircut for five bucks. Yeah. I was like, shut up. And then we went, but there's like, <laughs> they're doing it in front of a class. <laughs> I was like, bro, this is the mo- this is not. I was like, this is not worth five bucks. They're seriously like not exaggerating. Fifteen students watching me get a haircut, and then they would you take turns it? on you did me. It? Yeah, like yeah, hair. they'll cut you. Like they'll take like turns on you. It was so bad. So you and Nico got the the fifteen dollars special. Yeah, you and Nico got the five dollars special. It was crazy. <laughs> that just reminded me of that. That's of that. funny. That was super funny. Well, thanks for um, just sharing that story and sharing that part of you that we didn't really get to cover on the last episode i thought it was just really important to kind of talk about um so now that we've done that piece give us an update what um what's been happening since the last time that we uh spoke to you yeah i think the last time that i was on here for my episode it was august of 2019 Mm -hmm. now it's march 21 so yeah it's almost been two years a year and a half yeah Mm -hmm. um updates has happened um I'm currently still at Rip and Dip. Um, yeah. I was in August of 19, the last time I spoke, I was a sales assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, but now a change is I'm the sales manager. Yeah, let's <laughs> get it. I'm no longer the assistant. Um, Moving up, baby. Are you, you got money. Progress. <laughs> Progress. 
Yeah, so that was a big change. That change actually happened um, August of 2020. Um, my boss, Jack, um, that was the main sales dude for Rip and Dip since like the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, he left the company and I was so scared. Yeah. I was like, bro, are you seriously leaving? Like, I'm your assistant. What's going to happen? He's like, bro, it's all you. I was like, no, it's not. And he's like, you could do it. I was like, I can't. And he's yeah. like, bro, like I saw, I met him in person. We've had like multiple conversations over the phone. Um, but shout out to Jack. He really believed in me and saw, saw it in me that I could be like the sales manager. He was yeah. like, you got it, Amph. Like you could do this. Like I'll coach you through it. Even though he did leave the company, um, I would hit him up. Yeah, you know, and he was always always ex- pick up the, the call. Like yeah. when it rang, he would pick it up. Like yo, what's up, bro? Like yeah, do this, do this, and like he just coached me through it, and yeah. um, it was good. He was a really good mentor in my life. Like I love Jack. Like I told him, I was like, bro, I love you. Like <laughs> you just taught me so much. And um, dude, we traveled together. I worked with him for three and a half years. Yeah. Um, as his assistant we got really close um yeah that's my boy man shout out to jack i still talk to him to this day but um yeah he left and it kind of like let um that window that door open for me mm-hmm. to take his spot and i yeah. think it was a big shoes to fill um you know it did bring a little bit anxiety and like yep. got kind of like dude like i don't know like i don't really think i could do it yeah um a lot but, of self-doubt yeah, but let's try, you know, what What am I also going to do? I'm not going to leave the company, like, just because he left, like, yeah. you know. So I stayed it and I stuck it out. And um, this, like I said, was August in 2020. And it was scary at first, but then, like, you, it's just kind of, like, so cliche, but it's like, oh, it's like riding a bike, you know? It's <laughs> like, you kind of get through it, you know, you get down your day-to-day and you start to learn how the business works. You get to learn your distributors more. Um, because it is, it is a lot of communication, you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing sales, you're the sales manager, you're talking to people in Finland, you're talking to people in Australia, you're talking to people in Japan, you're talking to people in Denmark, you're talking to people in the UK, you're talking to people from Canada, Mm -hmm. you're talking to people from China, (laughs) but you're just talking to all these distributors. And then you're also (laughs) dealing with like all these accounts domestically in the U S Yeah. so it's a lot of just constantly talking to um your buyers your you know the people you do business with um so that was cool to like start those conversations um Mm -hmm. and have those relationships now that i have with um these buyers and um these distributors and it's it's just cool you know it's non-stop um i know you mentioned earlier that we were just on our honeymoon in mexico and we went to cancun on the flight there, I was working like it was a yeah. four hour flight. I worked for four hours on the plane. Um, we got there on Wednesday, but on Friday I had to lock in. I had to get in all of my orders in for this pre book season. Mm-hmm. So I had to work on Friday for an hour. Like yeah. I had to, I could not not work. Yeah. You know, I'm on vacation, but I have to have my laptop with me. Sunday, we, it was a five hour flight home. I, it's always weird like that. Like sometimes you fly there. It's like yeah. four hours, you fly back. The whole five hours I flew home on that Sunday, I was working. Yeah. Um, Because I had to, you know? And it's something that I don't mind doing. It's not like Mm. a gun to my head, like, oh, my gosh, I have to work. Like, yeah, I could not do that on the flight on Sunday and then just fuck myself over. And then on Monday... Because it's you. It's your team. It's yourself. You're messing up. Yeah, exactly. I can't put this 
because Jack had me as an assistant, you know, I don't have an assistant. Yeah. It's just me. Like, obviously, I'm not saying I don't get help from my accountant. I'm not saying I don't get help from the owner, Ryan O'Connor. Obviously, Ryan and my accountant, Suzanne, we work as a team. Yeah. Um, it's not a one-man show. I don't want to make it seem like that. But all I want to say is, like, I don't have an assistant. Yeah. So I have to do, put in the work. Yeah. You know, it don't, like, just because I'm on vacation don't mean this, the business Money stops. don't sleep, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but with that being said, that was a big change that happened in my life. So that yeah. was a big update to, um, just to get into that position and just continue to learn and to grow mm-hmm. and, um, just enjoy what I do. I can't complain. Like at the end of the day, um, we're still working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's another update. Obviously COVID is a thing and me and Yesenia both work from home. Um, and it's been a year, I think this Monday's one year anniversary mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So working from home was crazy. Um, I think definitely more productive though. I, there's less distraction. Yeah. So here at the office, you have employees, like you're going to have coffee in the morning. You're going to talk to each other. Yeah. Probably go outside, smoke a cigarette. And then one o'clock, it's lunch. And then, like, obviously, we work in downtown LA. It's like the best mm. fucking places to eat. So you're yeah. gonna go eat for an hour. <laughs> go eat for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. You know, you come back, you get another coffee, mm-hmm. and then like you're talking to your coworker, and then you're emailing, and then it's like six o'clock, you go home. Yeah. But it's like at home, it's like what? Who am I gonna go have lunch with? Like, oh, you want you want to come to you want to get lunch? No. Nope. What's up? We we almost. Mm. He's on his side. Okay. You're on your side. All right. That's cool. We gonna get lunch. I have then. no coworkers. That's fine. I'm gonna call HR. Let them ask him why you touching my booty during work hours. Stupid. Anyway, what's up? No, but it's just less distraction. So yeah. it's just you get a lot more done. I feel yeah. in a work day, like working at home, you would think it's the opposite. And I think I have heard people like, bro, I can never do that. I can never. I'm like, I'd just be too distracted. Like I'd want to watch TV. It's like, bro, watch TV. Like. No, no. I watch work. TV and respond to emails sometimes, and I I'm can't. fine. I'm perfectly fine. No, I'm just locked in and just working, and I get a lot done, and it's and it's dope. But don't get me wrong. At first, working from home was hard when we were living in a little studio. Three. Mm. Let's not recap the last episode. <laughs> Y'all made that work, though. Yeah, I know. Y'all really made it work in that little studio mm-hmm. with the kitchen cubicle, the living yeah. room cubicle. You guys made it work for you. Yeah, but those were big updates. But major life changes in between those times. Obviously, um, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure a lot of people know because we haven't done the episode of grief yet. But I did lose my sister two months after the episode did release. Um, I lost my sister in November of 2019, um, which was really hard. And it's still hard, you know, just because... 14 months go by doesn't mean like it's just like a breeze yeah um it's something i deal with every day and um after um nine months after my sister passed away my best friend adrian passed away Mm -hmm. um i kind of briefly shared about that in the last episode of um he passed away i got the news that he passed away on my sister's first my sister's birthday but her birthday their first birthday of her not physically being here on mm-hmm, earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister passed away. Nine months later was her birthday. We were celebrating it the best we can at the beach um, with the balloons and all of that. And just, um, yeah, I got a call that my best friend passed away. Um, and, you know, best friend meaning like I met him when 
I was two years old. Yeah. Um, I met him in 92. My mom babysat me and him. And I talk about that on the first episode because Adrian is the person that allowed me and his mom, Adriana, allowed me in their home <clears throat> to go to high school in Rancho. Yeah. Um, so it just all comes full circle. So losing Becca and losing my best friend, Adrian, within a, a nine months. Less than a year. Less than a year was yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, it just felt like it was a movie. Like, you can't make this up. Like, it was just too much. So thank God um, for God and thank God for therapy and my friends and my family. Yeah. Um, I think it really allowed them to show up, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm a person that's, like, always trying to quarterback things. And I'm not always give people the opportunity to, like, give to me like I don't like receiving I like giving more yeah but I think you know losing my sister was the biggest train wreck that like hit my life ever you Mm -hmm. know and I think it allowed me to let people show up for me I think it allowed me to let people like more into my life and just like give me their love and their energy you know even if they're not religious just keeping me in their thoughts yeah um and i think it really let my wall down because i'm always the one that's like trying to give and i'm like i'm like oh no it's cool like when people try to give me compliments or like things like that before becca um things that don't even matter anymore but you know what i'm saying i think it allowed me to um let people more into my life and my friends really did um show up and my family really did show up so um I think that was good and therapy has been good too to like going through those losses. So you said you started therapy and thank God for therapy. Talk about that. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I was trying to get into therapy like July, August around 19, around the time that we recorded this. Yeah. And it was just such a headache, like dealing with Kaiser. um, They were just like, transferring me over to other people and it just wasn't working out and I just threw in the towel yeah um I was like on hold forever and they're like we'll call you back they never called and I was like whatever like I'm over it and then my sister passed away like I said in November 2019 Mm -hmm. um that was like the biggest moment in my life um but you're not thinking about therapy then join us next week for part two of growth with amph bye